If you've been feeling a little less positive lately, maybe a little more down in the dumps, maybe less shiny all around, then this episode is for you, sister. We're going to discuss why it can feel more challenging to be positive in perimenopause, how to find happiness again in the little micro joys of your life, and how to begin to show up for yourself, including five specific easy to do steps. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. How are you feeling in your body today? Do you ever have those days where you just don't feel as shiny and happy as you know you used to? Maybe you're okay half the month, but not okay half the month, or maybe just overall you're feeling less happy, less positive. Well, today I'm so excited for you to hear this interview where I speak with my friend and fellow transplant to Arizona, Michelle Fraley, a clinical counselor, certified holistic health coach, yoga and meditation teacher, and speaker who is certified as a confidence coach and believes that confidence creates the foundation for living with authenticity and purpose. Michelle specializes in positive psychology and personal growth and how to create balance and increase self-confidence during perimenopause, as well as how to handle chronic stress and regulate your nervous system. So if you've been struggling with your hormones or feeling lackluster, these days, you will love this episode where we talk all about why it can feel more challenging to be positive in perimenopause, how to find that happiness again, and how to begin to show up for yourself. So Michelle gives us all this that we need, and I'm so excited to dive in. Let's get to it. Welcome, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you here today. First, because like we've been trying to connect for a while, and I really have so much love and respect for your work. And, and really, second, because anyone who specializes in positivity is totally my cup of tea and someone I want to learn from. So welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Bria. I've been listening to your podcast for a good long time, getting inspired and guided by you through this really um, sometimes overwhelming and challenging period of life. And I love to find out that we're almost neighbors, you living in Phoenix, Arizona, and me living in Tucson, Arizona. And like I said, during our brief conversation before we recorded, we're making all of the country jealous right now with our, our weather. Yes, we're very fortunate in this moment, aren't we? And I, I love that we're so close. I'm coming to Tucson soon, so get ready. <laughs> oh, yes. Please come visit me. We'll have some fun. I'd love that. So why don't you tell us a bit about you first? Like, how did you come to specialize in positive psychology? And and you know what? Maybe even define that for us. What is that? Sure. Sure. Well, 
very quickly, I've been in the mental health, emotional wellness field a good long time. Um, started my career as a therapist about almost 25 years ago now, and I have a background in clinical psychology. And then um, I really added to that training over the years. I became a certified yoga instructor, really curious about how the body affects our mental and emotional wellness, became a certified holistic life coach on top of being a therapist. Why? Because I love practical mm -hmm. and tangible tools and strategies. And I've been interested in positive psychology since the very beginning, because I've always understood that our thoughts create our reality. Yeah. There's this beautiful quote that says, we do not believe the world as we see it. We see the world as we believe it. Mm. So the thoughts we show up with, the narratives we write about our life and about other people, the self-dialogue that we have really guides our everyday life. And I've stood before on stages or even in front of clients and, and given this one truth. The number one component of healing our mind, body, and spirit is changing the way we talk to ourselves. Number one. Say that one more time for us is that I, I, I'm yes. totally in support of that. Yes. The number one way to heal our mind, body, and spirit is to change the way we talk to ourselves. Yeah. I like that. And I feel that so deeply when you say it, because, you know, we are, yeah, like you said, we end up, our day can be so derailed or it can be so positive based on the things that are going on inside and what we say and, and, and those thoughts become feelings. That's a beautiful way. I heard Jay Shetty once say, um, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who, what I think you think I am. So it's like, there, there really is that, you know, perspective or, you know, the stories we tell, the stories we tell in our mind to ourselves about ourselves, about others. And, and so I, yeah. I really believe what you say there. That's a, a really powerful piece. Yeah. And with your audience in particular, right, women in this perimenopause stage, which, you know, generally age 35 through, we'll say 55-ish, yeah. the story we tell ourselves over and over is we're too busy. Mm. We don't have enough time. Yeah. We're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to take care of ourselves. We're not enough. Mm -hmm. We'll never get it all done. We're getting we're irrelevant. Yeah. We're getting older. We're irrelevant. It, it, it won't work anymore. You know, this is how, you know, acceptance of this surrender to this is how it is when I, I don't believe that either. Yeah. Yeah. So I think really learning how to change the way we show up for ourselves mm -hmm. will make this transition period feel more empowering. Mm -hmm. And we'll feel like we have a little bit more ease. We maybe won't be white knuckling. Mm. Yeah. As much as we are now. You're absolutely right. I think that that perspective, you know, obviously that story we tell ourselves around how hard this is or how tired we are or how it's not too, you know, it's, this isn't about like toxic positivity or like to pretend, but it is about, you know, taking that step back and looking at it through a different lens. Correct. And, and I recently listened to one of your podcasts where you made the connection between perimenopause and puberty. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That perimenopause is like a reverse puberty. It's yeah. it's a transitionary period in our life where our body is changing, our responsibilities are changing. And I have to tell you, for the people listening, the tips I'm going to offer us, the people in perimenopause, are very similar strategies that I would give my clients who are teens or young adults going through this same transition. So for people listening who have children, Mm -hmm. ages, let's say 13 through 19, where there's a lot of change and transition going on, these strategies are really fantastic, not to tell them, but to model to them. Because mm-hmm. our kids really watch what we do more than they listen to what we say. Yeah. So how brilliant that you can take these strategies I'm going to give you, integrate them into your life to benefit yourself, mm-hmm. but then show your children how to move through this time empowered and with more ease. Mm, I I love that. I'm really excited and I can't wait to get to those. And, you know, I think, um, I love what you've just shared right there. That's, that's, was there a moment where this, because you, you do a lot of other things as well. I know, as you said, you're a yoga instructor, meditation teacher, speaker, there's so many pieces to you. Was there a moment when, you know, this really hit home for you where you really realized that like the lens, the stories we tell ourselves, you know, where that piece sunk in? Oh my gosh. I, you know, for my younger listeners know that this can hit you anytime. If you're not there yet, it's okay. Honestly, I, even though I've been doing the work and preaching the work, I don't think it hit me personally until around age 33. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was about that age. My daughter was two Mm -hmm. at the time. And I think it just hit me that I'm different now. Mm-hmm. than I was pre being a mother, pre owning a home, mm-hmm. pre, you know, just being an adult. I think that's what it was. I think at age 33, I finally felt like an adult. And I think being adult is filled with choices and responsibility. And yeah. I think it was at that point, I realized I have a responsibility over how I choose to think and feel. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I think that really is. Yeah. I think that really is what it is, especially when I realized I could move through life choosing to be reactive Mm -hmm. or I could choose to be proactive. I could choose to start setting intentions. And I think probably when I started looking at mindfulness more and looking at meditation, I think that was probably a big influence. Yeah in wanting to be intentional with my thoughts and feelings. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to say around age 33, I think it just kind of started rolling in. Like I need to, I need to start showing up for myself differently. I love that. And I think, you know, maybe it's not fair to say, but I would assume that because, you know, you come from a therapist background and that is sort of your start that, that you might have been in a position to, to receive that earlier than others. But that idea of being responsible for how we think and feel I think is, I mean, it's growing and it's being normalized a bit more. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, But I think for a lot of us at 33, all we're thinking about is what we need to do and accomplish and not how we think and feel and being responsible for that. So it's, it's great to have this conversation now and, and start to, you know, bring it to the surface as like, let's prioritize this. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the reason I want to offer these particular strategies is number one, I think that they're incredibly valuable. Yeah. But number two, they're doable. Mm. They're doable, right? Because remember, one of the stories we're already telling ourselves is that we're overwhelmed. Yeah. So yeah. the last thing I want to do when I'm working with a client who feels overwhelmed is to give them something that's going to add to that overwhelm. Yeah. Instead, I want to give people, tools and strategies that detract Mm -hmm. from that overwhelm and perhaps maybe even feel good. Yeah. And create more space, which is what we're looking for. I think I love that. Okay. So we have women, you know, obviously we're all there, we're all in it and everyone who's listening is in it. We're, we are feeling all of these things, overwhelmed, burnt out, overtired, you know, stuck, all of these things. So let's get into the strategies. I'm excited to hear it. What are the things that we can, that we can implement? So the first thing I'm going to tell women is you have to figure out your priorities right now. Mm -hmm. You have to sit down, take out a piece of paper, take out a pen or pencil and really have a conversation with yourself and write down what truly matters most to me right now. Yeah. Right. We've, we know that in order to feel happy, in order to feel positive, in order to feel optimistic, we have to feel grounded. We have to feel rooted in something and we have to feel rooted in, if we want to call them our values, if we want to call them our purpose, I like to even just be more general and guide clients by saying, what matters to you right now? Right now is pivotal because if we just say what matters to you while people can get really up in their heads and super nervous about coming up with the right answer, Uh just right now, just right now, what truly matters to you right now? What do you want to intentionally focus your time and energy on Mm. right now? And I really like my clients to usually write a list of about five things. Mm-hmm. Five things. And I'm telling you, for women, it is so hard to let go of the shoulds. Yeah. Right. That they should be focusing on. We're really thinking about what we want to focus on. We really want to be driven more by inspiration mm-hmm. and less by obligation. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I like that. Driven by yeah. inspiration and less than less by obligation. Yes. Absolutely. That's like, that's where we all want to be, isn't it? Like you want to wake yes. up and feel like let's take on this day and not like, oh gosh, look at my to-do list. Correct. So what I love people to do is write this list, five things that you truly want to focus on right now. Mm-hmm. And then here's the kicker. I'm going to sound like a second grade teacher. <laughs> Keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. Oh, is this step two or is this a part of the, is oh, this is still step one, okay. right? This list, keep your eyes on your own paper. Mm. Stop looking at what other people value and what other people are putting their time and energy towards and thinking you need to do more of it. Mm. We do that, right? We'll look at social media and see our friends are traveling more than us. So maybe we should be traveling more. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe it, travel isn't something we want to prioritize right now. Interesting. Maybe other people are remodeling their home and their home looks so beautiful. And you think maybe I should be doing more of that. Yeah. Only if it's on your list. You know, Gandhi famously says, happiness is when what we think, say, and do are in alignment. 
That is really, you know, I felt so much when you said that there, because, you know, you know, we can get into quick comparisonitis or that keeping up with the Joneses feeling when we are looking around so much, but when, and then we can get distracted. I think you're right. We're like, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. But none of it creates that fulfillment, I guess, if you're not thinking, um, behaving and acting like in that alignment there. I love that. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah, literally. It's it's as simple as know what matters to you. Yeah. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Mm -hmm. And then let's start aligning. And then let's start aligning. Oh, I like that. So number two is in fact all about that alignment, right? So step one is we figure out what matters to us. Step two, we become a very picky consumer Mm. of what we give our time and energy to. All right, so now we have our list. Now we're going to start choosing. There's that empowerment piece again, right? Because empowerment means choice. And now we're going to start choosing what we're consuming. Of course, we're going to start choosing what we're putting in our bodies. Mm-hmm. What are we eating? Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? What substances are we using? What supplements are we taking? How are we using medication? Yeah. How are we using alcohol? Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to think about these things. We're going to think of, am I getting a good return for my investment? Oh, I like that. Is this aligning with what I value? But besides consuming with food and drink, we consume with our eyes. Oh my goodness. Do we picky? What are we reading? What social media feeds are we looking at? What Who are we hanging are- out with? Yeah. What beauty or body images are we exposing ourselves to? Is there a lot of thin bias or ageism? Mm -hmm. How is that making us feel? And then you're right. The last thing is, how are we consuming auditorily? Yeah. What are we listening to? Who are we having conversations with? Mm -hmm. Is there a lot of negativity, criticism, complaining? Yeah. 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 So I just need us, once we know what matters to us, we need to start being picky Mm -hmm. and making choices about what we consume. Mm -hmm. And I know, I I love that. I think that's really, that is very empowering. I think it can also push up, you know, against a lot of fears. Like when we start to set these new boundaries, you know, it, it can kind of tug on that fear of losing people or that loss of connection when we start to say, like, I'm going to bubble up right now and really focus on this piece so that I can move the needle a little so I can find the joy. What do you suggest there? Or, and if you're going to get to it, please tell me to wait. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what's important to understand is we don't have to lose connection by being choosy. We mm-hmm. can just choose to connect with the right people. Mm-hmm. You're right. Develop the right connection. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not that we have to bubble up and, and not consume. Mm-hmm. We just have to start being more proactive about what we consume. And instead of just taking whatever is presented to us, right. How about ordering it, right? Like at a restaurant, right? Instead of just getting whatever's presented to you, choosing, looking at the menu. Here's what's on the menu today. Here's what's what I could put in my body. Here's what are my options for what I can look at. Here are my options for people I can spend time with. Yeah. And being proactive about that, right? I mean, sure, we 
we absolutely can choose to turn inward if that's what we need as well. Yeah. But being a picky consumer doesn't mean we're not a consumer. Yeah. It just means we're making better choices about it. Choices to perhaps unfollow accounts that don't make us feel good or spend less time with people that aren't aligning with our values. I love that. And it really does. I think it it does start to quiet that noise and make it easier to stay focused on your paper when you are really clear on step one. So I see why you, I see what you've done here and I'm really liking it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, when people come to me and they really want to transform their life, the first question I ask is, well, how, what do you value? Yeah. What do you want to lean into? I mean, We'll even get to a a little bit more of that later too. Um, Okay. Number three, Mm -hmm. this one is so important for this particular stage of life, this perimenopause. Many times people in perimenopause feel pulled in a lot of different directions. Sometimes we're caring for children. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may have busy and and thriving careers that we feel like we don't want to take the foot off the gas. Sometimes we're caring for aging parents or ailing parents, Um, right? We we know how important social life and social connections are. So we're really trying to show up for those. We also know how important it is to maintain our our physical health. So we're trying to show up for our workouts and self-care we can feel pulled in a lot of directions. And the one thing that tends to get the short end of the stick on this is the nurturing connection with our own spirit. So my third strategy is to start practicing showing up for yourself like you show up for other people. That has to be done. I do my fair share of of couples counseling in my private practice. And I like to say that there are four C's of healthy communication in their care, concern, curiosity, and compassion. Hmm. And as women, we're almost pre-programmed, right? When there's somebody we love and care about, we're pre-programmed to show up with those things, care, concern, curiosity, and compassion. When it's ourself, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. We tend to have a fixed mindset about ourselves. We tend to have a fixed mindset about our capacity. Um, We tend to distract ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? We either dive headfirst into our to-do list yeah. Or sometimes distract ourselves with food yeah. or alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, mm-hmm. Yes. So we need to start having conversations with ourselves. And I said that these things were going to be practical and doable, which means, guess what? You can start having conversations with yourself while you're driving, mm. while you're making lunches for your kids, while you're in the shower, yeah, while yeah. you're folding laundry. Yeah. While you're at the grocery store, you can have these conversations with yourself anywhere. And sometimes my clients go, Michelle, I haven't spoken to myself mm-hmm. in a really long time. So I have three just quick questions for people to start okay. asking themselves. I love this. The first one is so simple. It is just how are you feeling today? And as soon as you say fine. <laughs> You take a deep breath and you remind yourself, we're trying something new. Mm. I'm actually going to listen. How 
are you feeling today? Yeah. And once you create that, that space, maybe you'll say something like, you know what? Feeling really lonely today. Mm. I'm Mm. feeling really sad today. I'm feeling really overwhelmed today. Mm. I'm feeling really disappointed today. Yeah. And because we're women, and again, we intuitively know how to show up with that care, concern, curiosity, and compassion, we can roll with that conversation. Mm -hmm. Now we know we've created a safe space. We've been honest with ourselves and said how we feel. We can take it from there. Love that. And then two other quick questions I like people to check in with is they're so simple. Well, the answers aren't, but the questions are. Yeah. What do I feel like I need more of in my life right now? And what do I feel like I need less of in my life right now? Understanding we might not be in a position to always get those things, but we need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge, what do I need more of? I need more downtime. Yeah. I need more fun and spontaneity. Yeah. I need more connection with friends. Mm-hmm. Right. I need more growth and learning. What do I need less of? I need less time spent doing domestic chores. Yeah. I need less time feeling like I'm on the clock. Mm-hmm. I need less time scrolling on my phone. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's super important for us to just start having these sweet, non-judgmental conversations with ourselves. Yeah. Just open-minded. I I love that. You know, I always try to remind my listeners, like a big thing for me is like when you're working on the health of your body, you need to check in with your body. Like, how are you feeling today? So when you're working on your mental and emotional health, that's such a logical question. Like, how are you feeling? And, but I love these follow-up questions. What do you feel like you need more of? What do you feel like you need less of? Like, this is, I always think like, part of being the CEO of our body, which I think is what allows us to feel so empowered and our lives, sorry, ourselves is, is listening, asking good questions, listening and, and hearing those answers. So I love that. Those are really powerful. Thank you. Mm, Okay. So now we know what matters to us right now. We're being a picky consumer. We're having uh, these sweet conversations with ourselves. So the, the fourth strategy, this one's a little interesting because this is a little bit meta. It's a little, little abstract. It's more of a mindset shift than a behavioral strategy. Okay. And here it is. If we want to nurture ourselves through perimenopause, we have to start letting go of the distortion of destination happiness. Mm. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when work's finally not so busy. I'll be happy when um, my kids are finally in a better mood or back to school. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy when the weather finally warms up. I'll be happy when I finally lose those last 10 pounds. I'll be happy when. We talk a lot about positive psychology, and I'm telling you, the people who live in destination happiness are almost never happy. I love this term. I'm going to highlight it. I need to find. I took notes. (laughs) We're all saying I'm taking the notes here. I need to. That's destination happiness. I think that is obviously that's a real thing for so many of us. 
It's a real thing. And the research in positive psychology uh, goes the opposite direction, right? We know destination happiness doesn't work because we know the happiest people are the ones who experience and acknowledge what we call micro joys. They're not waiting for the big moments to celebrating. They're celebrating the little moments, whether it's scoring a great parking spot when you went to Target, Mm -hmm. right? Running to the post office to buy stamps and there wasn't a line. Mm. Opening up the dishwasher to unload it and your teenager already did. Oh my gosh, that is the best moment. Right? I love that you called that out. (laughs) The happiest people are the ones who will do like a little, right, whether it's metaphorical or literal, like fist wave. Like, yes. Oh, my God. I got to tell you, like when my mom comes and visits, it's like I wake up and she's already up and she's unloaded the dishwasher. And I'm like, I just can't even tell you how much that means to me. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the people, it's the people who can show up Mm. and notice and acknowledge the micro joys. The micro joys. You better believe it. If I show up at work and get a good parking space, my first class knows about it. I tell them. (laughs) I love it. Or if I just had the most perfect cup of coffee, I'll let somebody know. Or I'll even say out loud to myself, this is the perfect cup of coffee. This I just feel happier talking to you, by the way. So I can understand how oh. you embodied this. I've heard this um, in theory as well as the have the be do have principle or the have do be principle. I'm sure you know you've but mm-hmm. to hear it broken down further, you know, and then and maybe just for whoever's listening, it's like our our issue with this destination happiness is um when I you know, when I have more time, I can do the things I want to do. So I will be happy. And we really need to reverse that. And I think that's what you're saying. So like, look for the happiness and the micro joys so that you can do more of the things that you want be- mm-hmm. and so that you can have, you know, mm-hmm. have the things that you want, because we also recognize, like, I can feel it just talking to you, talking to someone else, like having a positive conversation gives me energy. It creates mm-hmm. that whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I think it just, it lights you up having that connection or being in a positive mindset. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you just poured more energy on our day. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I mean, and this is another area where we can be proactive. I often teach clients about micro moments of mindfulness, micro moments of positivity. And maybe for you, you're not in a position where there's a lot of good things you know, spontaneously happening for you. Maybe there's nobody at your house to unload the dishwasher. Maybe Mm -hmm. you didn't go anywhere, so you couldn't get a good parking spot. But what could you be proactive about? What could you do? Could you take the time to make yourself the most delicious lunch and eat it on the cutest plate that you have? Could you take the time to do something that makes you feel accomplished, but is micro, like cleaning out one of the drawers on your desk? Yeah. 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 And what I love is the younger generation is really jumping on this. And if you look at TikTok, you'll see that these things, these micro joys are now being relabeled as glimmers for the Gen Z generation, which I love, right? Glimmers, moments of your day that make you feel shiny. Oh my gosh. I love that. Bless this generation. That's so great. Glimmers. 
glimmers. I love yes. that. Things that make you feel more shiny. I love that. This has made me feel more shiny. Okay, tell me Yay. about tip five. Thank you. That okay. was amazing. Tip five. And this is the one that is probably nearest and dearest to my heart because I'm a, a huge believer in mind-body connection. And here's the thing, uh, whether you're in perimenopause or any age, if you want to move through life with more positivity, more happiness, more empowerment, you have to show up and learn how to regulate your own nervous system. That's it. That's it. We have to be somatically proactive. Mm -hmm. So many of us are getting triggered into our fight, flight, or freeze response over and over and over. Many people are living in their sympathetic nervous system. And that's really what is chronic stress right? When we're living in our sympathetic nervous system, we have chronic stress. I've heard you talk many, many times on your podcast episodes about cortisol, right? And that's what happens every time we activate this fight, flight, or freeze response, right? Via our amygdala, the most primitive part of our brain, two things happen. Not only do we get a spike in cortisol, but we also get a slight decline in serotonin, which is important, right? Mm-hmm. Which is important to feel empowered, to feel positive, to feel mm-hmm. grounded. So imagine if over and over and over, we're just getting this spike in cortisol, decrease in serotonin, spike in cortisol, decrease in serotonin. Most people who come to me, right? They come to my office or they come on my screen and I say, well, what brought you here? In the laundry list I hear, right? I can't focus. I'm easily distracted. I'm always grumpy, irritable, easily triggered. I have difficulty sleeping. I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I'm craving high carbohydrate or high sugar food, or I'm holding on to weight. I have low libido or sexual dysfunction, right? On and on and on. All of those things we know are directly related to high cortisol. Yeah. So Right. The bad news is a lot of us are walking around with high cortisol. The good news is it's our nervous systems. We have some influence over our own nervous systems. I don't like to use the word control. No. But I will use the word influence. We have a lot of influence Mm -hmm. over our own nervous system. So when I'm working with clients, I, I, I tell them your sympathetic nervous system, think of it as one muscle Mm -hmm. and think of it your parasympathetic nervous system as the opposing muscle. And we've been going through life flexing one muscle over and over and over and over, ignoring this other muscle. So of course, our fight, flight, or freeze response is very strong and wants to take over. We're out of alignment. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if we want to balance these two muscles, what we have to do is we have to show up each and every day with ways that flex that parasympathetic muscle. And I mean, just off the top of my head, there's so many ways, right? We could journal. Mm -hmm. We could get out in nature. We could sing. Yeah. We could do breathing exercises. We could connect with our five senses. We could practice mindfulness meditation. We could lean into laughter and playfulness. We could connect with creativity. Maybe that's cooking um, dancing, art, uh, you know, creative writing. I mean, there are so many micro 
strategies, compassionate self-touch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mantras and affirmations, prayer or devotionals, yeah. uh, chanting, mm-hmm. so tapping. Many. Yeah. There are so many small strategies that could take 30 to 60 seconds that of your day yeah. to start managing your nervous system. And there's this, there's this beautiful Tibetan proverb that I remind people of all the time when I'm talking about nervous system regulation through somatic exercises. And the proverb is simply, if you take care of the minutes, the years will take care of themselves. Oh yes. I've heard that. Yes. And I tell people, if you start showing up for your body for minutes a day, you will see dramatic differences in the years to come. It just takes minutes. Yeah. Yes. The law of little things, right? I love that. And I love when you said that, um, you know, this, it is your central nervous system. Like it is in your body. And it's not to say when you called it influence, it's like, yes, because it's happening for you, not to you, which means we do, it is very empowering, which means we do get to be a part of that. We do get to influence it. And, um, and that is that living in that sympathetic nervous system with the chronic stress really, you know, it creates a cascade effect of, you know, so it's to hear these strategies and to begin it, you know, almost at the top is really, really important because we know that I think something like 90% of disease begin is stress related. That's where, so if we can learn to kind of turn down that stress faucet, if we can learn to have that better relationship to influence our central nervous system, I love that. You know, we can really make it easier to do all of the other things. A hundred percent. I mean, just like most cars, most car engines are not built to be driven 16 hours a day, pedal to the metal at their maximum capacity. Yeah. Our nervous systems weren't meant to do that either. Yeah. Right. We have to give ourselves breaks. We have to give ourselves time to cool off. We have to stop misinterpreting every life challenge and minor inconvenience as a crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because they're not their life. And so really these strategies are not just meant to make us, you know, feel more positive and and optimistic and Mm. confident. They're really designed to help us feel more resilient so that we can move through life, not going into this fight or flight every time we're slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. I love that. And I think what's something we say, you know, that comes from sort of my fitness background is like there's over-exercising, which creates stress and, you know, catabolic situations and there's under recovery. So we can Mm -hmm. see, right. There are people that have very high stress jobs or go through very high stress situations, but we can always balance that out with, you know, with making sure we're not under recovering with amping up that recovery. And I think some of these tips that you just gave us really strengthens that piece. You know, if we are going to be um, living in, in higher stress situation, you know, where we know we're diving into that sympathetic mode for longer periods, let's make sure we're recovering from it because otherwise mm-hmm. we will burn out the engine. Won't we? Yeah, 100%. And I love, um, 
how you are going back to the fitness model, because I talk to people all the time when I give these workshops and I tell them, I'm basically going to be a personal trainer for your central nervous system. And, and what I say is I can give you the exercises. Mm-hmm. I can give you the strategies, but I can't do them for you. Yeah. And I often ask people to please let go of the distorted thought that they're the one person these things won't work for. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people you're special and I love you, but you're not the one person yeah. that par- that breathing exercises don't work for. You're not the yeah. one person that connecting to your senses doesn't work for. You're not the one person. Yeah. Who can outthink and out intellectualize their central nervous system? I love that. That's a really great analogy. You know, I always think of it like our bodies, like our brains have evolved. They've they've evolved and they've grown, but our bodies are the same they've always been. They reproduce. They manage stress. Like they they their experience like is animalistic, right? And so, you know, we have to when we get into that body and we recognize that we're not one in a million. We're of a we're one of a million. Then I think it, yeah. it, it does remind us, like, okay, I'm gonna chill out and give us the space to let this work. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting that, you know, we have the amygdala, the most primitive part of our central nervous system in our brain, that's main function is to keep us alive. And it's funny how the new kid on the block, right, our prefrontal cortex is always trying to run the show. Yeah. Right. And it's like, right. That's the most recent development of our brain. Uh, You know, the amygdala is like, you know, I've been around here a long time. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So respect your elders. (laughs) Yes. We have to start respecting our amygdala and our central nervous system and really honoring and showing up for that rather than just constantly showing up to try to engage with the prefrontal cortex. We really try to outthink our body. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, our central nervous system and that response mm-hmm. precedes thought. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, our amygdala um, is, is heavily impacted by the shifts of our, our female sex hormones during this time. So like holding space, prioritizing these pieces is really, you know, is creating that support, is using these tools to, you know, make sure we're not under recovering and we're holding space for it to go through this transition and readjust. Yeah. Well, I, I have to just say, Bria, you get it. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this for hours because we're on the same team here and we're really trying to empower women yeah. to show up for all parts of themselves, yeah. right? Show up for their bodies, show up for their minds, show up for their spirits. And I think what I, I, I want to end with is to really let people know that showing up for all three of these dimensions of yourself, your, your body, your mind, and your spirit, it's the opposite of selfish. Yeah. Right. So many women feel like it's selfish for me to take time to honor and nurture my body with a walk or with healthy food or with exercise. It's, you know, it's not worth my time or it's being selfish to take a mental health day or to schedule time with a therapist or really set boundaries about being alone. Yeah. It's not, it creates a ripple effect, especially as women, we're basically the emotional heartbeats. of our home. So I just want to remind women everywhere that when you show up and take care of yourself wholeheartedly, you are actually doing something for the greater good of your family. Keeping yourself healthy 
is the best way to keep your family healthy. Yeah, I love that. What a beautiful way to wrap this conversation. Michelle, I am so grateful for everything you offered us today, your five tips, which I will outline as well, make sure they're in the show notes. But I'm just going to say them one more time, like, you know, make sure that you, you know, you, you keep your eyes on your paper, and you know, the five things that you really want to do, that you become a picky consumer of what we give our time to, that we practice showing up for ourselves using those questions that you offered, that we let go of destination happiness, and that we show up and learn how to regulate our own nervous system. Those were such amazing tools. Thank you for being here. Tell everyone how they can learn more from you, how they can find you if they want to get more in your energy and your space. Oh, perfect. Um, You are welcome to contact me at michellefraley.com. I have a little bit more information about myself on there, all of the services that I offer. And there's a little contact me button that you can just press and send me a message. I'm always happy to hear um, from people. I have a home office here in Tucson, Arizona. It's a great place to come and get some sunshine, yes. uh, but I do virtual um, sessions and, and talks all over the place. So feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. I will put all of the, that in the show notes and sisters go out, be more in your life and not just less on a scale and do it more positively. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the period whisperer podcast i want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at and of course if you loved this episode if you learned something make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts